KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And off we go, hour two, lunchtime, bean time, uh, cook a Cook a few shrimp on the Barbie, strap on the feed bag, off we go. We have one more hour of home improvement, uh, the business of family business coming up next, and retire ready on Camo X following this show. So stay tuned, lots of things happening. We will have the auto show this afternoon, auto show with Greg Damon, Camo X, uh, later on this afternoon. And then Johnny Rabbit, our own Ron Ells, right here this evening on Camo X. Stay tuned. Uh, Route 66, one of the old perennial favorites. Favorites. Uh, so uh, I, I, another thing. Well, Tom, you and I threw back a few names just the other day, and it was Johnny Rabbit, Blabbit to the Rabbit. Oh, pardon me, sir. Yeah, there you go. You're on. Blabbit to the Rabbit. Uh, I was in high school, so yeah. that was the late '60s, and Johnny Rabbit was was it KXOK? KXOK at the KXOK time. KXOK yeah, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we listened to? '63. Yeah. Yeah, Radio 63. That's, yeah, 630. And you'd go to the music store, the record store, and you'd pick up that week's top uh, 63. Oh, and it was my. on a long strip of paper, and you could pick those up at any music store or record store around St. Louis. Wow. Because you didn't, there was no internet, you had no idea what was going on. Well, Ron Ells remains a big deal uh, on KMOX uh, holiday radio show. Ron still shows up with his big, tall rabbit ears. Uh, some things are just perennial, and, uh, you know, truly, um, you know, I, I, for me, I, I look at that as radio royalty. That's a, that's a yes. big deal, you know? Yes, and, and the uh, folks we've reminisced about that were on KMOX in the 50s and 60s because my mother had camo x on yeah pretty much 24 hours a day in our house i thought it was a third parent so <laughs> well you needed a third parent tom i i will say that tom stegman guest here in studio yeah <laughs> the good old days the good old days so we were talking about the arena yeah uh, and and golly i just can't imagine uh the red wings anybody being allowed in st louis <laughs> that was back when the highlands were next door and we still had the Highlands Amusement Park Highlands, with go. the roller coaster, uh, which uh, suspiciously seemed to have burnt down one evening <laughs> right before there was going to be something built there. Yeah. But that's just my memory. Who knows what the truth was? Did you see our Ferris wheel? Have you visited I Union was Station? on our Ferris wheel right. over Thanksgiving. Yeah, we yeah. were back in St. Louis, and uh, we rode the Ferris wheel, which was a ton of fun. It was cold and pouring rain and it was nice and warm inside Ooh. and it was a ton of fun and it looks like uh, uh, the aquarium is going to be amazing when that opens up yeah, yeah. there and my senior high prom was the last event to be held in Union Station before it was shut down for many years through the 70s and yeah, yeah. 80s it was shut down and we had our prom at the Terminal Hotel which when you oh, think about wow. it probably isn't the best thing to tell your parents <laughs> going to the terminal hotel for your prom but yeah that was that was funny we were the last ones and after that they bolted the door have you noticed everything i'm involved with with either shut down locked up or burnt well your wife's still doing well tom <laughs> I, you know i think there's hope for you yet brother <laughs> hopefully my house is still standing when i get back in fact the last time we were there yeah. we had lunch at schneidhars and we thought this was great and that night on tv we saw that they were shutting down and i thought oh my gosh you have a thing about that. Don't come back anymore. I'm, that's right. I promise I won't come back anymore. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and the chicken wire with hockey? Yeah. it was. Uh, the, there were no big lights in the arena. when you were During a hockey game, mm -hmm. the arena was completely dark. 
and the there was chicken wire around the rink, about five feet high, wow. and the lights were like dish pans with a bulb in them, oh, and yeah. they hung low over the ice. I remember so that. the ice was lit up bright, and the rest of the arena was totally black. Hard. And I'll say there wasn't a large crowd for these games. <laughs> Well, show up tonight. Uh, you'll see a little different. Hockey. Oh yeah, it's yeah, blues. Yeah, it's gotten a little crazy here, hasn't it, about the blues? Oh yeah, we bleed blue. Good. Anyway, but we're still a Cardinals town for heaven's sakes. It's still Cardinal baseball. As not the truth, yes, and yeah. that goes well. Again, I'll show you how old I am. I used to go to Sportsman's Park on oh, Grand. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. T- is that yeah? Yeah, that was that. I've I've lasted through three stadiums. Wow! Wow! Oh, well, uh, what was the one I was going to ask? Um, oh, did you go bowling after your prom at the arena? At, uh, no, this arena? is St. Louis, not Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> I, I don't have any experience with Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee, I actually went to a buddy's wedding, and the reception was held at a bowling alley. Really? So that's, yeah. So, no, but I have been to the Arena Bowl back when that was 72 yeah. lanes. It was the yeah, biggest was bowling alley I'd ever seen. Wow. It was wow. huge. But that's also gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, enough of this and walk through the uh, memory lane. We'll get into a little bit of the uh, history of the Camo X and what you recall growing up with that, listening. Uh, many of our listeners, uh, we've all lived through this together as well as all the new listeners. Uh, actually, uh, bring them on. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, this is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. If you want to learn how to do these things, consider me your research and development arm. I've made all these mistakes and more, so consider me pre-disastered, uh, you know, I've, I've figured out how things don't work just as well as how to recommend how things do work. I think that's what experience uh, teaches us is, yeah, this is how to avoid it in the future. Phone lines wide open for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Uh, lots of things to talk about. Uh, also, if you're looking for seminars, uh, the training season is upon us for you to find out as consumers you know what is uh you know what's the new appliance for kitchens uh how much electric is required do you need a new electrical service when you remodel a kitchen or a bathroom so there's a kitchen seminar coming up february 1st at the mac west missouri athletic club west right there on De pair road uh information on that and to sign up is at callmosby.com that's c-a-l-l MOSBY.com, or you can call the office and sign up. But we do ask that you have uh, some RSVP so we can properly staff and have the goodies for you there. Uh, uh, That is MAC West Kitchen Seminar, February 1st. Uh, Then coming up on March 7th will be Windows Door Siding. And as we get into that season, uh, typically as you go through these cold winters, realize what works and doesn't work in the cold, drafty ways uh, and realize that there are answers answers for those things. Where do you go to pick out, you know, the different windows? I've been just in the last few weeks, uh, questions from callers. What's the best window? How do I choose a material? How do I not make a mistake? And that's pretty much how these seminars are set up is, you know, how to, how to keep your wheels in between the lines and stay out of the curb and the ditches. So uh, uh, again, 
kitchen seminar February 1st, March 7th, windows, doors, and siding, and then in April will be a bathroom seminar, and uh, that, uh, uh, find out more at callmosby.com. Up at the top there on the line, just click under seminars, that'll take you there. Phone lines right now, open for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120, with me in studio today, Tom Stegman, uh, no longer a Missouri or St. Louis resident. We did let him in one more time. Uh, I caught him wandering around the town here, so uh, we're, we got into a memory lane, and uh, that's how I invited Tom to be part of the KMOX. So next up, our next memory will be the voices from KMOX, the history and the past, and we're looking for that from you, too. 436-7900-314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby at your service on KMOX. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement, Scott Mosby, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If there are any outstanding warrants, my guest is Tom Stegman. We're at, uh, you know, uh, we're on Pine Street here in St. Louis, so those warrants may still be good. (laughs) Tom, thanks for stopping by. It's been kind of fun. I enjoy this. Thank you. It's been uh, fun. I look completely different, so if the warrant has a picture on it, they'll never find me. <laughs> yeah, there's hope. Oh, well, let's go to the phone line, see what's happening. Uh, visit with, uh, let's let's try Betty. Hey, Betty, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. Hi. Thank you for joining us on Lunch on Camoax. Hi, I have a problem in our basement. There was water leaking between uh, plastic, looks like hardwood flooring, and it wasn't a lot. And... I just wondered, do you think it's just all the water outside? Uh, yeah. That Are you having problems with the wood in the basement? <laughs> no. Oh, we don't. No, we got uh, wallboard, you know, and we got, well, we got wallboard up around this. Sure. Finished basement then? Uh-huh. Uh, it's important to to check out that rain, uh, the water, because we've had a good bit of water and rain. Um, you know, the ice, the the ice and the snow uh, melts slowly, and it it soaks into the soil unless the ground is absolutely frozen, and it's not quite. So, um, you can have quite a bit of water. It's important to get that uh, looked at. Well, the only thing is, it's only doesn't even cover a Kleenex. It's only Okay, tiny bit of water then. Right. Well, that's what you see. I would open up that wall not far from there because if with what we've been through here in the last few months, you've got some water intrusion, not a excuse me, not a lot. I you know, again, just like going to the doctor, uh where there's a symptom, there's a cause, so I would look at that. I wouldn't necessarily tear apart my basement or whatever, but I'd get somebody to come in and open up that drywall, look behind that wall personally. Okay. So uh, research and development, research out a little bit more, because when you see a small amount of water, that means a large amount, of, a larger amount of water was behind the wall. 
because the drywall, the the two by four plate, all of that wood will soak up a lot of water before you see it. So if you see anything, generally there's going to be a whole lot more somewhere. The good news is wood framing and basements actually soak up the water and then slowly dry out. So actually wood framing is a better moisture management method than steel studs. So uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what a, we have. Yeah, you have steel studs? No, the wood. wood. Oh, you're in better shape than the steel. I, I thought steel was a real answer about 20 years ago when I got into this building science. But just like you and I wear cotton and wool, you know, it, it takes the moisture and then it slowly dries out, but it keeps us warm. The wood actually kind of works on our behalf in those basements as well. So we still frame basement lower levels with wood framing. Okay, I appreciate your help. Thank you. Okay, take care, uh, and just do a little bit more checking there, Annie or Betty. Make sure that you've got, uh, you know, what you see is what you're really dealing with there. Okay, doc. Thank you. All right, Betty. Take care. And on next, let's uh, visit with my friend Annie. Annie, good afternoon. Welcome to CamWex, and glad to have you aboard. How can I help? Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I live in an older home that has a concrete block foundation. And in the basement, there is like a ledge or a shelf built around a couple of the walls. And hello? Yep. You're down at the bottom okay. of the of the wall there? Uh, yes. And I don't know what the reason was for that, but anyway, it's in a lot of older homes. That shelf is starting to crack in places. And I have, with all the water we've had, I've had water seep underneath that shelving into my basement. Does that crack in that thing have anything to do with the water seepage, or is it uh, going to mess with the integrity of the wall? Uh, Describe the shelf. Is it right at the very bottom of the wall? It's at the bottom of the wall, and it's about, uh, I'd say, about two and a half foot deep and about three foot high, and it appears to be concrete. Okay, I, that may be um, the footing or the structure underneath the foundation. Um, and, and if it is concrete, and then your concrete block is on top of that then? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's the structural. That's actually poured concrete. It will crack. Uh, it will shrink, and it does age, um, but it it will let water through. It It's not as porous. It will not let water come through as badly as your concrete block above but uh, generally there's steel in it so structurally unless there's a lot of movement and you see big cracks in the blocks above uh, it's not Mm -hmm. a structural issue it just is the water intrusion and concrete block foundations you know where you know it was a masonry town we we have a town called clay ton you know and that's where the clay for the bricks came from as well as all over st louis so we're an old masonry town we built our foundations out of concrete block and bricks and clay and so okay. so you know it's that shelf shelving actually yeah. juts out from the wall the concrete well, blocks are actually i'm guessing behind it because they are not resting on the the shelf that's jutting out well they should be that uh, i think that is the f- the foundation footing so okay. that concrete was poured first it's likely 18 inches to two feet wide or deep if you will but the concrete blocks are probably only eight inches deep so that shelf is just where the concrete is wider than the concrete block if i'm hearing you correctly yes i think you are yeah yeah 
yeah, well, don't be concerned I, about that. That shelf, if it, you know, an old concrete, uh, you know, it ages. Mother Nature's trying to drive us all back to dust. And, uh, don't we all? Yeah, right. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It is what it is. Right. Okay, well, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, I guess I'll have to have Helotech or somebody come out and take a look at it, though. Yeah, I think it's a water issue. Uh, unlikely that it's a structural thing. They'll they'll be able to help you with that, um, and they're very good. And 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 they'll really only address what really needs to be addressed too. They're good about saying, you know, here's here's what you've got. Here's what your choices are. You know, you may just want to, you know, deal with this in this way or regrading and downspouts things. You know, simple things that can change too. Uh, I lived in my house for a little over fifty years. And this is only the third time I've had this sort of water issue. And yeah, I'm guessing because the water table has been so high. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's valid right. information because if it's if it leaks all the time, that's a different issue than, well, occasionally during certain weather. And we've had some pretty dandy weather systems come through. So, yeah. you know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help. Okay, Annie. Thanks for the call. It's your call. Your show. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's move on and see what's happening with my friend Jim. Hey, Jim. Uh, good afternoon. Are you still there on the line on CAMOX? Scott Mosby and Tom, I am. how can we help? I am, Scott. Thanks so much for taking the call. Um, yeah. I'm helping my daughter and son-in-law finish off their basement. I've got a couple questions for you. Their house is rated two years old. It's a walkout. Um, when they had the house built, <clears throat> it was a high-efficiency house, so it's sealed very, very well, high-efficiency furnace. Uh, they put, uh, you know, the, the registers in because they identified the fact that they were going to finish off the basement eventually. Okay. And the questions I have are, are twofold. One is, um, we're trying, we're going to in, in, insulate the uh, ceiling to try to deaden some of the sound mm-hmm. transfer from upstairs to downstairs. We were going to do that with fiberglass, but I started reading about rock wool is rock wool is a better sound insulator. I'd like to get your opinion on that. Oh, Rockwell, you betcha. Um, A couple of ways to increase uh, or to deaden sound, which is really attenuate sound, which means on a, you know what a sine wave is where it goes up and down? Sound bats or sound attenuate, all you do is you take the highs off and you squish it down to the the median line and you take the lows and you move them up. All you're doing is cutting off the top and the bottom frequencies. uh, So you kind of muffle it. So a heavier material, rock wool being spun limestone as opposed to fiberglass, which is spun glass. Uh, the Roxul, the R-O-X-U-L, is one brand name, but I like the Rockwool. Um, it's forever. It was around, uh, you know, back in the 40s, 50s. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. it's an old material that, frankly, uh, Owens Corning with its whiz-bang new fiberglass just kind of displaced it. Now it's coming back, and one of the really, really good things about rock wool is it's just a little more dense and and it that's a lot more a sound bat b-a-t-t is just a more dense version of fibrous insulation and rock soul or rock wool is an awesome sound bat okay so, great the, the second question i have is as i said before they put in when they built the house and put the hvac system in they put in the registers uh, down there, but they only put in one small, an eight by six, eight inch by sixteen inch, cold air return. And my concern is, is that even though they have an open staircase going down into the basement, my concern is that it that may not be enough. I, I you know, it's it's uh, it's probably a fifty by 
20 space we're finishing off and it's all open Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that sound like it's too much? Like that's enough, or should we put? No, no, no. Should no. we? No, your instincts are, are dead on. You're 100% correct. Uh, the reason they put in the supplies is for engineering it. But once you, if they were to put in the return air. Uh, when the house was built and new, uh, path of least resistance, the highest vacuum or negative pressure would come right off of the box of that air handler. And everything, I mean everything, would be drugged down the basement stairs because they put in that return right then. Now, you, you've got enough supply, but where the return gets put in is just as important. For example, we tend to wash a room. Heating and cooling supply registers now go by the windows so we try to wash the windows with the heat and the cooling but then we put the return air across the room inboard so the air gets supplied on the windows and then drug across the rooms conditioning all the space between so where the return is put is conditional on what the room configuration is so you'll need a heating and cooling company to come in there and uh, really specify where and how much and the best way to do it because typically at Mosby Building Arts we're licensed architects so when we get into complex things we just bring in the heating cooling contractor and just says okay I need there 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 and there it needs to be about this big hang on a minute I'll check the specifications run a few numbers and off we go but it is highly engineered and if you get it wrong (laughs) you will be gnashing of teeth not good so get her done now when when you have the chance okay i appreciate it thanks so much yeah follow your instincts i think you're right on just just keep going until you're happy okay thanks so much all right take care thanks uh good question return air on jim uh i will tell you even today most unless you wind up with somebody really doing en- energy design and uh, heating and cooling a good and en- uh, mechanical engineer um you will find that the house generally is underserved with return air because uh, what gets designed and what gets built aren't exactly the same. For example, you've got a, uh, uh, I'm going to get on my stool a little bit, my little stump. Uh, So you've got, let's say, a 6 by 20 return register on the wall. And that goes into the wall and then the 2 by 4 stud cavity. So the way that's designed is the return duct down in the basement cuts a hole through the bottom of that 2 by 4 plate. Well, that 2x4 plate, the widest it can be between the two sides of the drywall, that's 3.5 inches wide by 14.5 in between each stud. So let's pretend you cut two of those. So you've got 3.5 inches by 14.5 twice. That's not nearly as big. And then you have rough edges of wood. So the carpenter cuts that out of the heating and cooling contractor. And so the airflow, the fuzzy or fibrous rough cut of that, two by four behind the wall the actual trade skills care slash finishing of that cavity really affects or detracts from the efficiency of that return air so again a a lot of these things are done by the carpenters uh, which isn't really accountable to the heating and cooling efficiency so again just again you get into the there are a thousand ways to mess up a house one earlier in hour one is how to keep the squirrels out of my attic things like that so care 
and attention to details is what really brings good quality and that's one of the things on the heating and cooling so return air is a big deal uh, if you don't get enough return air in the house uh, the the heating and cooling forced air system does funny things like suck the air around your light fixtures in your ceiling so it sucks and gets the makeup air out of your attic which is unconditioned all that fibrous insulation comes along dust bugs whatever or it will backdraft and pull down your flue for your furnace your hot water heater that carbon monoxide for a gas fired appliance it will backdraft and inhale carbon monoxide because it's going to make up that difference uh, the other one is bad smoking fireplaces uh, if you don't have enough return air where the furnace gets what it needs from the supply you know if 10 cubic feet go out 10 cubic feet needs to come back if you've only got four cubic feet on the return as we had a question here you know underserved with Jim Mother Nature, that, that furnace will get it by sucking down the chimney, sucking down the flue of your water heater, your dryer, whatever it is. So those things are important, and that's why it's a big deal. Uh, home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camwex. I still have Tom Stegman here. I do have him on life support. We're putting him to sleep because I haven't had him on the air for a little bit. We're going to talk about a little bit of the uh, old days of Camwex. Right here on University of Camwex. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleter Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby back together. Tom Stegman chained to the uh, chair here in studio. Uh, Tom's a um, once St. Louis resident, now elsewhere. And uh, anyway, so we've been going through some of the history and such. Uh, uh, Tom, will you stick around and talk about KMOX in a bit? Sure. All right, there we go. And the police, if you're looking for it, it's Stegman with two N's. <laughs> he claims he won't match the photograph. He's close enough. You can find him. Any outstanding warrants, come right here. All right. Anyway, we're having fun here on the history. Uh, I had a couple of callers. Uh, one was John about radiant heat. Uh, I'll get into radiant heat in a little bit. Uh, Greg had a question about uh, anybody, a handyman. Uh, we actually have a service at Mosby called Sam, which is my father's first name, the founder of Mosby Building Arts. Uh, and it is a handyman service. So Sam, you're welcome to call Mosby Building Arts and check into that. So we do have a handyman service, primarily because it had been requested so many times. Uh, we've done it on and off over the years, but so many of our clients, uh, really, once they get us trained, we call them, you know, we're housebroken, we're trained, we know where the key is, and we know the codes and all those things, and, you know, whether the the resident is uh, in town or out of town, we get in and take care of it and get her done. So, you're welcome to call Mosby Building Arts, and John, I'll get into radiant heat in just a bit. I've got a few phone callers here I want to catch up with. Let's get to uh, Henry here. Hey, Henry, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help? Yeah, shift differential setting on a home thermostat. Um, I didn't realize that some of these things had this built in, but I checked mine. I've been in this house. I bought it uh, for two years now. Mm -hmm. And the uh, after the first year, I set it to uh, set it to one, and I noticed a difference. So then I tried two, and then three, and I found it does make quite a bit of difference and a big savings on my power bill. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What so, we're talking about here is uh, the, the, uh, the on and off range. So it's 72, say, on a thermostat. Uh, there's a range within any mechanical device. And, you know, what we're talking about here, you know, frankly, with Henry is 
three-degree differential means it has to get uh, down to 70 degrees, uh, and it'll heat up to 73 and then shut off. Well, it gets to how many times that motor starts on and off, how many times that burner starts on and off, or heat strip, or all that. So thanks for the... Yeah, yeah that's, the big, that's the big thing, is the, is the power consumption start up and shut down. And I noticed this thing only now it only kicks on like twice in an hour versus four or five times. Well, keep in mind that all motors and mechanical devices and equipment, they wear out by starting and stopping. So the fewer times that you can have your furnace come on and run longer, uh, so the wider that, for you, that three-degree differential between on and off, still at one setting of 72 or 70 or whatever, you know, 65, whatever your number is, uh, the fewer times that equipment turns on and off, the longer it's going to last. Okay, now question between uh, AC and heating, summer, winter. Do I leave it set on one setting or do I need to change it between the seasons? I leave the differential the same. I, you know, okay. I do, because if you set it to one degree, your house will always be pretty much the same temperature. The problem is it's going to go on and off and on and off and on. You'll burn that. So you'll take a 20-year piece of equipment. It'll last 10 years, and it'll be because of that. You'll be nice and happy during that time. Uh, so keep in mind, uh, and then you set it to two degrees, it'll only go on and off a third as many times, and then three degrees is somewhere between two and three degrees, I think, is the optimal differential of, you know, how that thermostat interprets one number of set my house at 70 degrees. Okay, so I have it set at 69 now. If I crank it to 70, I'm still going to, I'm still going to save, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, okay. but but it's still the differential. You're asking that two or three degrees. Yep. I would not make it less than two, and I wouldn't make it more than three, uh, unless it's okay. Now, one way you can do that is let your furnace blower run all the time, because it's still your furnace will stay on the, the blower motor. It's just a cheap fan. It's the inexpensive part of the furnace. But the heating element won't come on until you get that three to, you know, until it gets that uh, top of that range or the bottom of that range. Oh, I didn't know that about the blower. That's interesting. Yeah, the blower is a cheap date. You know, just run that thing. Uh, it moderates. So whatever the temperature is, it's just like a big kitchen mixer. It just takes the high and the, and the low temperatures, and it moves all the air around the house. So you get a better average temperature. Your cold spots get warmer. Your warm spots get cool. Everything averages out. And your striations between air, hot air uh, up at the top of the room and the cold air at the floor, it mixes that up, too. So it's, oh, a, great. Uh, it's an inexpensive way to moderate that average temperature. All right, one last quick thing. Uh, your SAMS uh, service, do you guys do work on the Illinois side? Oh, yeah. A bunch of our employees live in the Illinois side. Oh, great. We're Metro St. Louis. Metro St. Louis goes a long Generally, if you can hear my voice, we go somewhere. All right. Well, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you guys in the future, do a few things around here. Yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Henry. Take care. Bye now. All right. Bye bye. And the, the, actually, I wasn't part of the the naming of Sam, but I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, it honors my dad uh, very much. This show and my participation, the stuff I'm sharing with you. Gosh, at least half of that is uh, really originated with my father. And you know, a dumb kid, uh, impertinent enough or smart enough not to 
you know, blow it off. So I learned a good bit from my dad, and I, I like that it's named Sam. Good bit of a fun there. Uh, uh, let's go see what's cooking with my buddy Keith. Hey, Keith, Scott Mosby here. Hi. How can I help? Uh, well, my sister has like a old house, 90-year-old house, and there in the hallway it's got a floor grate about uh, five foot long and two foot wide. You can look down into the basement where everything falls in the hallway. Yeah. Is that need to be open. They just had a furnace put in a couple of years ago, but, you know, you look down there where the dust and pennies fall. I just wonder, what's the purpose? Is it still necessary? Well, you might find Jimmy Hoffa down there. They were still looking for him. You know, he disappeared some years ago, and we just don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the old, uh, that's the return air for a coal-fired a gravity return furnace. So uh, when we first started doing coal-fired furnaces, we had these enormous, and you know, Tom's shaking his hand, his head over here like, yeah, I remember that. A coal-fired furnace, and okay. it, instead of having a motor, a blower that would move that air, they yeah. had these enormous return boxes, and that's what you're looking at is a gravity-fed return air duct. You know, five, six foot down there to the basement, you're thinking, man, I don't know. If they connected the new forced air or the furnace to it, it would be a very, very uh, valuable thing because the bigger your return air is, the less back pressure and resistance to airflow there is. They just have to balance that out. They probably have made that opening a little smaller once it gets to the furnace so that they can balance the pressure out, pressure in, you know, of that heating, cooling forced air. Okay, I... Yeah, don't cover those up. Uh, just for history, on a 90-year-old house, you know, it'd be kind of like, uh, you know, covering up the original construction plaque. It just just ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's going to fall through it or whatever, you know. Well, I'm not kidding. You might find a horse, a car, Jimmy Hoffa. I don't know what else is down there, but we're still well, looking for a lot of things. <laughs> well, thank you. I guess we'll just leave it, leave it as is, huh? Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thank Keith, uh, leave it your... open. Huh? I would leave it open and uh, ask that question to your uh, installing furnace contractor, and I think he'll confirm. Hey, you got a great, up. great show. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Keith, take care. You, Scott... I will. You too. All right. Bye now. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Tom Stegman's here with me. We're going to chat about a few things when we come back about the history of KMOX. What are the voices? The names? the sounds and uh, my favorite one was uh, Bob Hamilton kind of a contemporary but one of the greatest honors to me was meeting and getting to know Bob Hamilton I had no idea Bob Hamilton KMOX News well right here on KMOX Scott Mosby Tom Stegman will be right back now back to the Helitech waterproofing home improvement show sponsored in part by Schleider painting and home improvement company on St. Louis's news radio KMOX all right, back together, home improvement, lots of things to talk about. Let's fire up and get going and talk to my friend Jim. Hey, Jim, Scott Mosby here. Wrap us up out of the hour two on CAMOX. Yes, Scott, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, got a Just bought a house. Um, it's approximately 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Has two. It's all electric. Has two heat pumps on it, um, one for the upstairs. It's a ranch, but it's 5,000 square feet. Okay. One for the upstairs and one for the lower level, which is was all professionally finished off. Um, I've got 
furnaces downstairs, and I'm guessing the heat pumps outside, they work for the air conditioning and the heating also. Mm-hmm. But I can't get a, a straight answer from my service people. One person tells me this, one person tells me that. I go online, try to get an answer. Do I leave the heat pumps on all year round, um, or do I – the settings on my thermostat are heat, cool, and emergency heat. I've been told once it gets below 20, I should go to emergency heat. I've been told to leave them on all year round. Do the heat pumps work all year round? What's your opinion on that? Boy, this thing's autopilot. You have an automatic transmission on this car. So all you need to do is turn this thing on. When you've got heat or cooling, you may need to switch it back and forth. Sometimes in some units have pretty much it just set the temperature, and then the unit calls for whether it cools or heats. The problem with that is you might be in the middle of the winter, and then it hits 74, 75 degrees. You're opening the windows, and now you've got the A.C. running on the thing. So uh, on, on this, as far as emergency heat, the emergency heat, heat typically automatically goes on once that thermostat senses it's below maybe 22 degrees, 18 degrees Fahrenheit. The deal with uh, um, uh, heat pumps, and that includes geothermal, is once it gets below a certain temperature, there's not a whole, in an air-to-air, there's not enough heat to suck out of that cold outdoor air to heat the house. And that's when emergency heat kicks in. So uh, sometimes if the unit runs too long, with the heat pump and the temperature starts to drop in the house, that thermostat and that uh, smart board in your furnace should sense that and automatically turn on the emergency heat. So uh, to my knowledge, uh, emergency heat just kicks on automatically um, because it, you know, if the unit tries too hard and can't heat the house, you know, that's just a mechanical decision that, uh, the thermostat or the, you know, the computer on board the furnace does. So uh, I think you're accountable to turn it to heat during the winter. And then when you change over to cool in the summer, that's all you need to do. But emergency heat, um, I mean, unless you want to lock out the heat pump that, at 22 degrees, I think you can set on the emergency heat, but most of these units do that automatically. Yeah, I've been told I have three coils in my furnaces, and they come on accordingly to how yeah. much I would need in the event the heat pumps don't put enough into the house. So yeah, that's my Go That's ahead. my understanding too. I, I'm right there with you there. Not at all, Jimmy. I think I think this thing's all automatic. Just leave it on. Just leave it on heat. The heat pumps should, if they if they can't do enough, then it'll the furnace system should be smart enough to kick on the emergency heat itself and take over. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, you look at it this way from a consumer's point of view. Wait a minute. I'm at I'm at work at two o'clock. I need to run on and re- run home and turn on my. Resi- <laughs> I don't think that, you know for the price of these systems. I'm pretty sure this is all autopilot. Okay. Well, I've, I've never had heat pumps before, and I. Never had crossed this bridge, but it just didn't make sense to me to switch, keep switching back and forth. And so I, I want to get your opinion on it. The heat pumps seem to be working fine to keep the house warm. Yeah. But I was just afraid I was doing something wrong and might hurt the system. 
Nope, not at all. I think you're doing it all correctly. Um, and the heat pumps are a very affordable way, much better, more affordable than the heat, the heat strips, the backup heat. So the emergency right. heat only comes on when it has to, and, and it's, you should do nothing to do that. And one thing I've noticed, this system here has those huge um, four-inch, uh, uh, actually they're five-inch, the big, huge filters. Oh, those are nice. That's something new to me. I always had the little one-inch ones getting replaced all the time. But these other ones, these are huge, and they, they seem to do a great job. That's a neat system. You're in, you're in good hands there. Very good. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Scott. Okay, Jim. Thank you. Now, we've only got about 30 seconds, Mr. Stegman, here. Uh, tell me the voices, the names you remember from KMOX. Jack Buck and Harry Carey, of course, because oh, I listen to all the Cardinals games. Way back! It <laughs> oh. might be! Holy cow. Holy cow, yeah, yeah. That was good. And there was a show on Saturday mornings my mother listened to where people would call up and trade stuff. Yeah, the trading station. The trading station. They'd call up and say, I've got three barrels of wood. And somebody would call up and say, i got six bricks. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tom, for coming in. Tom Stegman, guest here on Camwex.